From Relay FM, this is the Pen Addict, episode 213. Today's show is brought to you by Harry's. My name is Mike Hurley, and I'm joined by Brad Dowdy. Hello, Michael Hurley. How are you? I'm very well, Mr. Dowdy. How are you? I'm always happy to be here talking about pens. Um, I had a, a, a weird moment today where I was thinking about the show. Mm. And um, I was thinking about how, you know, throughout the week, I, I collect up little little items that go in for follow-up. Um, and you tend to do the bigger topics. But usually I, I collect a bunch of links and then I, I put them in the document in the evening. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking about this. Um, and I was thinking about the fact that I collect up notes in a very similar way uh, for my tech shows. You know, so as things happen throughout the week, I add links into a note and I'll put some little items in to, to describe some stuff and make some notes that I want to talk about on the show. And it just dawned on me how weird it, the pen show is. You know? <laughs> it's just like, also, you know. <laughs> just like it's an outlier, like, what am I doing with my life kind of yeah, thing? Yeah, it just seems strange, right? Like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, and I'm starting to, like, stretch my wings a little bit more. I'm going to the other side Right, like I'm, I'm starting my wrestling podcast this week mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, at the Incomparable. Mm-hmm. So it's I don't know. I feel like I'm I'm stretching out to all of my nerdy worlds now. But uh, it, it was just quite funny, like to think about the way that I prepare for the show about pens is the same way that I prepare for the show about technology <laughs> news. I don't know. There was just something in there that was that was kind of just just felt a little strange to me, but in a good way. Yeah, it's it's definitely in a good way, and and I do that too. Except it's like backwards for me. It's all all pen stuff, um, you know, up front for me. But uh, I'm collecting links all week long, like pretty much every day. I'm collecting links either for the show or for the for the newsletter. So it's a it's a full time thing for me. It's like part of my life now. It's so integrated. It's like just what I do. Okay, now mm-hmm. I'm gonna sit and uh, I'm gonna put this together and do this, and uh, it's cool. It's fun. It always gives you a smile on your face, though, right? Sure does. It's funny how quickly you uh, just kind of fell into it, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And we're going to talk about how you fell into some things, uh, a few links into the show, which uh, hopefully everyone has seen, hint, hint. Mm-hmm. But but first, I I forget a little bit in the summertime, there's a little bit of lull in the pin shows. Like, we've had all these pin shows, like, in the spring, like, up through, like, Chicago, which I was at. And then... It's kind of a lull, then Raleigh happens, and then uh, now it's Miami before we, like, really crank back up, you know, with D.C. and San Francisco. So I just wanted to point out that Miami Pin Show's this weekend, and it looks like it's going to be an awesome time. Um, Bert Ozer of Bertram's Inkwell puts it on, and he's just a legit good guy. Um, he does things the right way. He takes care of all his his vendors. Our good friend Carrie from Fountain Pen Day is going to be there, and they're putting on a party with Ken Rowe, the the mule party, uh, which a lot of you who have attended mm-hmm. pen shows are familiar with. They're going to have a mule party on Saturday night. So that should be fun. You know, if you can get to Miami this weekend, uh, you should do it. And um, what a great place to go to a pen show. Yeah, I know. If I didn't have a, a, a baseball tournament for my son that I couldn't get out of this weekend, I think I'd probably be in the car on Friday. Um, it's a pretty good drive even for me, but I think it would be worth it. Um, so, yeah, one of these years I'll make it down there because it seems seems pretty awesome. I know Vanessa Pens is going to be there. A lot of people are going to be there. So, y'all should definitely check out the Miami Pen Show, if at all possible. Um, if not just uh, for the Pen Show, for Miami. And I, I've never actually been to Miami, so that's another reason I need to get down there. Brad, can you tell me what L.L. Bean is? Sure. I mean, it's a traditional American outdoors outfitter if okay. you will 
um traditional like basic clothes basics is what i grew up with them as like when i was going to school um like an elementary school and stuff i would get actually get like my uniforms from there because you could just get navy blue khakis and white polo shirts you know that's it would just they would always have like those stock items you know just the very traditional polo shirts button-ups jeans khakis uh duck boots that real traditional american stuff the flannel you know the mm-hmm. black and red check flannel if you think like a traditional american catalog gear from like the 1930s and see those pictures that they're probably wearing ll bean gear right that's how they that's how they made their made their mark and they're still obviously a, a much huger company these days but they still kind of have that same aesthetic so the reason I mentioned this is uh, on the Field Notes blog, they posted that they've made some special notebooks for LL Bean. Uh, there's like a beige one with green Field Notes writing. There's a green one with beige Field Notes writing. And then there's a camo in the three-pack. Um, so they're available at LL Bean stores. I just thought they're a good-looking edition, like a little uh, special edition. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting that they posted them on the website. They're starting to do more with their blog, if you haven't noticed that. Also, their blog, right, has one of the coolest features that I have ever seen on a blog. There are no um, permalinks that take you to an individual post. Mm -hmm. When you click on a link, it takes you to that post within the part of the blog that it's at. Oh, interesting. And as you scroll down Mm -hmm. through the list of posts, if you look at the Mm -hmm. address bar, Mm-hmm. It changes depending on the post that you look that is in your view. It gotcha. is really cool. Well, their whole website redo was great. They did yep. a really good job. I mean, I think so, it's so, yeah, they've done a fantastic job of it. But anyway, it's just a nice little, uh, just a nice little thing. As you scroll down through the all of the other posts, you get to see the address bar change. But anyway, yeah, I just thought it was kind of cool uh, that they've got this this addition uh, out. But it's just different that they've got it on the blog. Yeah, and they've done that before with uh, J-, J. Crew, just a yep. you know the American retailer thing, you know that really fits the Field Notes aesthetic. It's kind of like Field Notes and LL Bean are kind of like a perfect perfect complement to each other, you know that kind of thing. So mm-hmm. uh, this is a great looking edition. I-, I love that camo one. Actually, I love the green one too. They look uh, they look pretty cool. So I guess if it's in a big enough retailer like this or and mm-hmm. uh, like the one you just mentioned, which I've forgotten the name of the store, J. Crew, J. Crew. Uh, I guess it's worth promoting it, right? Because yeah. they probably did a quite a big order and they're available in yeah. stores. And it's kind of cool, I guess, when they get into these big stores. Um, mm-hmm. I guess it's like a nice little mark for the company. Yeah, and I should mention uh, Levi's too. So that's another. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. between Levi's and LL Bean and J Crew, I mean, it, you can see the 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 feel that they're going for with the type of companies they're picking to work with, and it makes complete sense. Yeah, really fits. Mm-hmm. Um, Gold spot pens went ahead and corrected our pronunciation <laughs> um, of that ink that we were talking about with a jelly. Um, uh-huh. And if I can try and say it the way that they're saying it. Uh, this new ink from Jeoban is the Carob de Chipre. Wow, you did really good. Thank you. I wasn't too far off from last week, to be honest. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. It looks more intimidating than it really is once you get into it. I think. Yeah, because there's there's a lot there's a bunch of letters in there that you don't know yeah. how to to make sound. Uh, yep. But there you go. So thank you, Goldspot, for correcting us. Yeah, and we'll have the link in the show notes to the uh, to the audio uh, on YouTube for that. It's uh, it's really good. Yep. Speaking of YouTube, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> YouTube superstar Mike Hurley. Oh, come on, uh, when when uh, we were in Atlanta for the Pen Show, um, I got 
I had the pleasure of sitting down with the lovely folk at Goulet, um, and I had a great chat with Brian, and we... I don't know. We did. We they basically was just like a little interview that we did. Um, it was really nice. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't really know what to say. Like, it was a fun time uh, to do. We did it outside. Uh, it was a nice little break from everything else that we were doing, and it's kind of cool to. Uh, I don't know to be on somebody's YouTube channel and be interviewed. I like being interviewed. And Brian did a great job, and he was very nice to me, and he was asking me like my advice on the interview and stuff, and very thorough preparation. Uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun, and I got to speak about some stuff that I've been thinking about anyway. He picked out some really great topics, like, do I consider myself a pen guy? Right. Um, and it was really interesting to think about that when I'm surrounded by these pe- people with these collections that are worth a house and you know, and stuff like that, and, and how much of a pen guy am I really, mm-hmm. um, or am I just the podcast guy? And it was a really mm-hmm. good conversation, and uh, you should go and check it out. Yeah, the conversation from beginning to end was great. And, you know, it talked about your beginnings and how you got started. And, you know, a lot of people are familiar with that. But those that aren't, I thought it was a really good good recap of that. Um, you talked about getting into the pen addict stuff, um, which is still, like, crazy to us to this day. After we've been doing this so long, it's still, like, wild and crazy to, like, think about, like, what else happened to us. And you go through all that stuff. And uh, you were repping knock hard in that interview, too. You had the knock t-shirt. You had a couple lookouts on the table. <laughs> that was pretty sweet. <laughs> I didn't realize yep, that at the uh, time. One lookout was mine, and uh-huh. the other was Brian's. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> so, um, I, I just thought it was a good overall interview um all the bits were uh were great you know and you talked about like advertising like you mm-hmm. know he didn't he, he asked you some tough questions and you he know you talked about the, the advertising bit and how do you how you you know work that in with you know what you're trying to do and i thought that was uh that was awesome yeah so, he asked a great question about kind of like how it changes things and if it changes things to have advertising to, and i really like to talk about that um mm-hmm. because it is a good point and you know i got to talk about something that's important to me which is the respect of the audience so right uh, i think people will enjoy that but yeah about rep and knock you know when i'm in atlanta you know i work for knock primarily and then everything else comes second you know so of course i'm gonna wear the company t-shirt yeah got boss man (laughs) down my neck you know that's right fear the beard (laughs) yeah i was more talking about you but sure oh yeah i will my my uh my official cup at the office is uh office overlord so oh there you go jeff's is jerk boss so my kids like going around the going around the shop calling him jerk boss. I bet they do. I mm-hmm. bet they love doing that. <laughs> All right, you have like a gajillion links in the show notes today. Um, yeah. So I guess we're gonna gonna revisit some top fives. So we're gonna do two different things. One, we're gonna talk about gel liquid and ballpoint pens in a little bit different format mm. than i have in the past and then we're going to get into a bunch of good questions that i fielded over slack and twitter in the past day or so cool but before we do that let me take a moment to thank our sponsor for this week and that is harry's it is time to stop compromising on your shave and get started with harry's if you are looking for the best shave possible and you're not with harry's you're just not getting it. If you haven't made the switch yet, you're paying far too much for a comfortable shave or you've settled for a lower quality razor. You want a good shave and a good price. It's simple. Harry's does the best of both. And they can guarantee this because they make their own blades. They know the quality. They're German-engineered five-blade cartridges. And because they make them themselves as well, they can keep the price reasonable, right? Over one million people have switched to Harry's and on average, 
each of these everyday saver, shavers will save $150 each year on blades. So if you shave every day, you're going to be saving a ton of money compared to the big brand blades. And Harry's offer that fantastic price at high quality. You'll be able to find what you need and check out on their site in 30 seconds. They'll be shipped to you for free, so you don't need to go down to the drugstore and get somebody to unlock a cabinet for you anymore. For just $15, you can get their starter set. It's called the Truman. You get a razor, a moisturizing shave cream, and three razor blades for just 15 bucks. And I can tell you in a moment how you can get that for just 10 Brad, tell me Mike. something about Harry's. Um, my next blade order is on the way. I got a shipping notification. I'm a subscriber now. Um, I, I'm fully bought in. Mm -hmm. So I, I get the, I forget the, the plan that I'm on, but it's the regular recurring blade shipment. And it's good because it, it reminds me, um, you know, I just to, to keep, I don't have to keep up with that ordering blades as much. And uh, I order the, the lotion on its own, the, the shaving lotion. And so I just have a stockpile of that. But then I just keep the blades coming, keep them fresh and uh, keeps me nice and clean shaven. Yeah, I bet. Well, and also at a great price. Oh, uh, well, yeah, that's the, that's the kicker. Great the uh, product for a great price. It's kind of a no-brainer. It's time to stop overpaying for a great shave. Go to harrys.com and they'll give you $5 off if you use the coupon code PENADDICT with your first purchase. That's H-A-R-R-Y-S.com, coupon code PENADDICT to check out for a special $5 off. Thank you so much to Harry's for their continued support of this show and Relay FM. Harry's loved this show. Show. <laughs> that's good i love harry so it's a mutual admiration society goes around and around all right yep. tell me what you got for me today all right so what i want to do is since i've been talking about not using fountain pens as much people want to know well let's talk about gel and liquid and ballpoint pens again and kind of just kind of revisit where things are at in that realm and instead of me doing my favorites or my top five or updating that JetPens does this thing on their site um, where they will rank the products by popularity. I believe it's a 30-day rolling list. Don't quote me on that. I believe that's what this is. So if you go to just like the gel pens header and sort by popularity, it gives you a list. So you know what's popular on the site and what's sold the most in the last 30 days. So I took those lists and modified them to the disposable type pins, right? I'm talking like the, the $3 pins and less or, you know, under $5. I'm not talking about the other things that fall into those lists. Like, you know, you'll see the Lamy 2000 ballpoint pop in there or a Keras Customs Retract pop in there, something like that. Those aren't the ones I'm talking about. I'm talking about like the disposable gel roller and ballpoint pens here so looking at the top five disposable gel pens on jet pens i think this one's been at the top of the list for my entire life and it's the unisigno broad white ink gel pen that is such a popular pen i think they sell more of that pen than anything um it's never not number one on the list not that i've ever seen because it's the only white gel ink pen that works like there's a few it has a few competitors but they fail in comparison to this so you know everyone who's into art or scrapbooking or sketching or drawing um even writing on dark paper they flock to this pen and buy them by the dozens um because it's a it's a very wet pen you you'll blow through ink if you're using these heavily um i don't think i've ever seen that pen not at the the very top of the list 
so I have one or two of them. They're great pens. I just don't use them. And uh, yeah, but it, it, it's interesting that that pen is so popular. The next one is the one that should be probably number one. And if I was doing that ranking, it would be like the best pen is the the Uni Sino UM151, otherwise known as the DX, the 0.38 millimeter in black. I love That's, that you said Sino. Yeah, I said Signo the first one, then I said Sino, didn't I? You gotta switch it up, man. I, I don't even it's like it you just gotta happens. Keep the dream alive, buddy. Like yeah. Sino. Sino forever. <laughs> Sino for life. Uh-huh. Um this pen is awesome. Like everyone should own this pen. Like, yeah, I can this say is that. a pen that I used for years and years and years, like before I was a big pen addict guy. Right, because mm-hmm. these are available basically everywhere and they work so well like they're just mm-hmm. it's just a great pen you can get them in a bunch of different sizes as well right like i think right. i got i think i was using like a 0.5 or a 0.7 at one point yeah that one um, ranges from 0.28 to 0.7 so yeah. you can get and actually there's some 1.0s that aren't the the dx model but just like the white ink pen it's essentially the same it's right. a 1.0 so that one is legitimately like should be there should be number one if you discount the white gel ink that's that's the pen that's the gel disposable gel ink pen to buy is that 0.38 dx next is where we start getting into the fights um because the next two are both pilot high-tech c's but neither of them are ones that i would pick so the high-tech c pen with grip the 0.5 millimeter black is the third ranked pen and then the high-tech c 0.25 millimeter black is the fourth ranked pen I don't know why the 0.5 sells so well. I guess, I mean, a lot of people don't like the finer tips. I don't like the 0.5 high-tech Cs at all. I would use the Sino way, way more frequently than that than the 0.5. Um, the 0.4s and 0.3 high-tech Cs are like the sweet spot for me, but I guess the 0.5 is a more um, normal size that people are used to writing with, right? So I think that's why that one ends up there. The 0.25 next is the real surprise because if you have never used a high-tech C and didn't know what to expect, you would absolutely hate this pen. Do you Have you ever used a 0.25? Hell no. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't like the high-tech C because I think it's too sharp and scratchy in, like, mm-hmm. any width. Right. I can't even imagine a 0.25. Like, I just don't understand how it's basically not an exacto blade. Yeah, it writes like a pencil. It's very, very dry. But I think it, they sell so many of them because a lot of artists use them and engineers and drawings, draw artists who need that detailed work, right? But it's not a pen that I would could use on an everyday basis. But I say that saying that the, the 0.3 millimeter is my favorite. It, it writes a line that's got to be twice as wide as the 0.25, though. It's the 0.25 is, I mean, you might as well just stick a needle in your arm. That's what it's like. Yeah. It's crazy, crazy fine and sharp, and it writes so dry, um, and it, it's kind of a mess. So that that one surprised me. Both of those high-tech Cs surprised me. I thought one of the point fours, the point four black, would be in that top five list there, as opposed to the five and the two five. So um, the next one I can kind of see. It's the it's back to the Uniball Sino one fifty one DX in point two eight black. Um, it's a much better writing pen than the 0.25 high-tech c probably than the 0.3 high-tech c um the line's a little bit wider the output's a little bit wider you can actually that's one of those pens where someone branches out says let me try the 0.28 and says oh it's actually pretty good i i can 
I can use this pen where the 0.25 high tech C I hardly think is usable. You have to have a very specific situation to use that. So the I prefer the 0.38 DX. The 0.28 is really good for a 0.28 tip. Um, the only other one that compares to that is the 0.3 uh, Pentel Sleechy, um, which I think is a pretty good pen. It's just kind of got too narrow of a barrel, so I, I don't. I would use the the DX way more than that. Was it the 2.8 Sino that got you into all of this? The 3.8 at the time was called the RT. Right. It's the Uni Sino RT 0.38. So it was the 0.38. Mm-hmm. And then the next pen I bought was the 0.18 Uni. I think it was the Sino Bit, which they don't make anymore. It was a 0.18 liquid ink pen. <laughs> 0.18. Yeah. <laughs> but it being a liquid ink, the line didn't retain that fineness that you'd get even out of like a 0.3 gel pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the ink spreads a little bit more. So they could actually do that. Um, with the 0.18, but it was stupid. The 0.18 bit was the one that they always showed writing on a grain of rice. Like you remember those pictures? There, they used to go around like, "Hey, yeah. the pen that can write on a grain of rice." It was the bit, and uh, they don't make that one anymore because that pen would clog so much. The way that tip was designed, it was it was actually a pretty bad pen, um, but it was kind of a cool concept. So it's interesting to look at, at these lists that that aren't mine and uh, just kind of what's what's popular. So. The ballpoints are interesting in that it's kind of what I expected. Four of the top five disposable ballpoints are jet streams. The number one is surprising. The number one is the .38, which I would never recommend to anybody. That's like the writing with the .28, .25 high-tech C. Hmm. I would think the Uniball Jetstream .7 is the sweet spot for a jet stream it's the right amount of everything right amount of fineness smoothness cleanness um it should really really be number one and actually their orange body one that that ranks really high there's no surprise why because it's orange and orange is the best color so mm-hmm. that one's actually number four on the list so it goes That's good looking though <laughs> yeah i have one of those they're great and it's good because they're like a bunch of these pens they're refillable so i just have the one barrel and have extra refills if i need them so 0.38 comes in at They're one. so cheap, though. Like, why is that a problem? Like, the refilling? I don't know. It's not. Okay. I mean, how much are the refills? Like a dollar. Dollar twenty-five. Okay. I mean, for the orange series, for the rubber body series, it's worth getting the refill. For the other ones, it's really not. Yeah. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Yeah. So 0.38 is the top seller. 0.5 is the second best seller. 0.7 is the fourth best seller and then and that's in the rubber body and then point seven black to, back to one of the standards um is number five i've just never been that impressed by the jet stream like i, I i've never really got it you know people who listen to the show for years will know that I, mm-hmm. it's fine it's fine but mm-hmm. i just don't think it's as good as the attention it gets yeah. in my opinion well when you compare that to other ballpoints is where it becomes a thing Right, it's so superior to pretty much every ballpoint out there except the Acroball that that's why it takes four of these top five spots. Yeah, right. It's just a better writing experience. But if you're not into ballpoints, you would have no reason to to use it, and you probably wouldn't enjoy it. So the outlier comes in at number three, and it's the Oto G Fit Barrel. 
ballpoint which i reviewed <laughs> Where did this, this pen. come from <laughs> i don't know it's random and it's even out of stock this is actually a really good pen for the price uh it's like it's 650 so it's a little above like that tier but it's still i consider that like in the in the cheap range almost disposable but it's got a little bit nicer barrel um i think the reason why it, it's it's on that list is because it's 0.5 millimeter right you don't get a lot of 0.5 millimeter ball points that's uh that's kind of a random thing um and that pen actually works well. I remember reviewed it. I reviewed it well. Um, I enjoyed writing with it. Um, but it's not going to beat a 0.5 millimeter jet stream any day. Um, and the 0.7 jet stream is the one I recommend the most. So as weird as the ballpoint list is, the liquid ink list or rollerball is a complete wreck then this just goes to show you what the market looks like right now. <laughs> it's either Morning Glory Mach 3 Rollerball, which is a wonderful pen, or nothing. This is based on jet pens. So I, I even stopped the list after four because it took me to the second page. And there's uh, the default is it lists 24 pens on the page. I had to go to the second page to even find a fifth one. I didn't even bother. And the fourth one on this list is the Oto Fude Ball Liquid Ink Rollerball Pen. It's 1.5 millimeters. So people aren't oh. buying this to do normal things with. They're buying this for drawing or artwork. So I don't even consider that. The Morning Morning Glory Mach 3, it's a needlepoint liquid ink pen, 0.38 millimeters. It's fantastic. I love, love, love this pen. After this, you I need to be name, cons- It's a weird name. So I, I, I will give you that. I will give you that. It's a weird name. But after this, what you what I really consider in the liquid ink category is the Pilot Precise line. V5, V7, V-Ball. All those are really good pens. The Uniball Vision Elite is a really good liquid ink pen. Um, the Uniball Vision is a horrible pen that you should never buy. Um, it's very different than the Vision Elite. Hmm. So, you know, the there's not a lot... The liquid ink pens have kind of got lost in the shuffle because gel is superior in almost every way. So there's not a lot of call for the liquid ink pens. Ballpoint pens, people have a reason to use them other than gel. Rollerballs, they really kind of got uh, usurped by the whole gel ink pen. And there's just not a call for them anymore because in most situations, you can get a gel that performs as well or better and has more options than any liquid ink pen. So that's why you see the lack of variety in these rollerball pens. So so that's that. So this, this makes me want to go um, rework my top five, which I keep saying I'm going to do. I need to do it soon because... Uh, <laughs> this is a pretty weird list. The rollerballs are not very useful. I mean, and granted, we're limiting to this to what's on jet pens, but I kind of did that on purpose because that's what the market's dictating right now. Yeah, so. they're probably the biggest distributor of these things online, right? These types yeah. of pens. And it's easy to tell what what's popular just by the way they set up their site, you know, which is a good thing. So I wanted to kind of take a snapshot of that. And, um, you know, I don't know that they change that much. I know, like I said, that jet, white gel ink pen, I think as long as I've known about jet pens, that's been the number one seller. It's insane. Oh, here's the thing about that list is it is like a self-prophecy. Yeah. Right? It, because people just hit that page and they look what's there and then they buy it. So yep. the things that are popular will remain popular. The rich gets richer. 
Right. And that's why it's it's funny when you see things pop up like the Oto G Fit barrel ball point, you know, that uh kind of broke broke the jet jet stream streak there. So you know, but um the one that does change a lot is the fountain pen page, right? There's a lot of variance in that page. Yeah, but I think you know. that's external forces making that change. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you'll see the the Metropolitan and a bunch of the Cavecos, but then you'll get the vanishing points pop up there when there's new ones and things like that. So, you know, it's pretty cool. But yeah, like that's why it's hard, you know, when we talk about top five pens that aren't fountain pens, there's not a lot of change, right? Yeah. So there's no one is coming to market with something that's blowing everyone else away. And maybe they won't. I don't know. You get you get new players like the when the pilot juice happened. That was pretty cool. But it's not better than the DX. So we'll see. And it's not as loved as the high tech C. Hmm. So anyway, that's that. I wanted to uh, to go over that. And that was good. I enjoyed that because it's, I don't know, it's putting into context a little bit of something that we maybe don't pay so much attention to anymore, um, which is the ballpoint market. Right, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more, which is why I want to talk about that. There's a couple of questions we have in the SPA about like why I'm using um, not some non-fountain pens recently, and I'm actually using ballpoints a lot that aren't jet streams. Hmm. So we'll talk about that as we go. You want me to hit a few of these questions? Oh yeah, I'm kind of going to go randomly, but Ooh. I mean sort of in order. So you know, hopefully you can you can you can keep up with me. How do but, you go uh, randomly, but sort of in order? Because I don't think I can get to all of them, but uh-huh. I'm going to go down the list and probably skip. If I skip one, I probably won't come back to it. Does that okay. make sense? That makes sense now. All right. All right. All right. Like, I'm not going to do the bottom first and jump back to the top, but I might skip as I go down. But I do want to hit this first part of this first question from Hutch. He asked it uh, actually a week ago, and I saved it off since then because he asked, what's your ideal writing environment? And he gives like some examples, classic study with wood grain and leather bound books, coffee shop, cabin in the woods. Like if you could set up, you had carte blanche and have your ideal writing environment, what would it be? For me, it would be a a coffee shop, like a nice coffee shop. There's a couple that I can think of as one in a bath that I really love. It's one of Mm -hmm. my favorite coffee shops in England. I don't go there very frequently, obviously, because it's like a long way away from here. Uh, It's like a few hours. I would just go there to work. But I I like kind of the bit of hustle and bustle and I can put on some headphones and listen to some stuff and and I've got good coffee and good treats around me and it's just a nice chair somewhere to sit and do some work or do some writing in. So are you better in hustle and bustle or solitude? It doesn't really bother me too much because Mm. I will tend to create my own solitude even in hustle and bustle right i'm very much like that um my ideal writing environment would actually be a coffee shop in a cabin in the woods that would be pretty sweet or a coffee shop uh in a hut on a beach (laughs) the coffee needs to be there because i I need the coffee the coffee is my drug um that's that's the thing that gets me going but i'm like you i can create my own environment i do like coffee shops i do like being around other people um because it doesn't distract me it's i wouldn't say it's calming but you know i feel like okay i'm i'm here to do some work i don't people watch you know if i'm going to do work you know i'll go it's fine being around people i'll pop on the headphones and i'll just go and you know if i need a break every 10 minutes i'll pop my head up look around take a drink you know then get back to it and it's it's an easy and coffee shops are actually an easy environment uh for me to work in so 
if it was ideal though it would probably be in a cabin on the woods or on the beach i do like uh water and i do like the solitude of the of the woods so he also asked and i i couldn't i i thought about this question now but uh you actually put an answer in here so i want to i want to ask you about the pin personalities this is also from hutch he says take a celebrity or fictional fictional character and then pick a pin that mirrors their personality for example what pin is most like donald trump and I, i think we just took the answer as I think the question is, what pen is most like Donald Trump? Because after you say that, I can't think of anything else, uh, anyone else I would want to compare a pen to. So what do you have for Mr. Trump? And I, I have one. I would probably pick, you know, like that Sylvester Stallone pen. <laughs> That's what I was going to pick. <laughs> what is it, Monte Grappa Chaos? Yeah. <laughs> that feels That's very totally Donald Trump. Right- that's totally the right answer. I mean, that's the Donald Trump pen is is the K the and the expensive one, not the cheap one, like the sixty five thousand dollar one. Yeah, like the most gaudy, tacky, uh, pen. Ridiculous, <laughs> vapid, <laughs> useless. Like that's not the the link that you put in there, but that's what I was gonna go with. So that you said that, that's just perfect. I mean, like that's the answer. There's there's no arguing. Nope. There's no there's no other option. That's the Donald trump of the pin world oh my god but i did pick a a second character i went with darth vader Vader. i'm a little i'm a little mad at you for this and i picked the uh, stormtrooper pen the the uh white and black yeah the one i have thanks a lot you're very vader like you know yeah but now i when i look at that pen i'm you're gonna make me think of donald trump no, don't think of Trump. It's got nothing to do with Trump. These are these are two completely unrelated. Oh, oh, so you're saying that one? So if Darth Vader had a pen, yes. he would be the storm. Gotcha. I'm checking yes. you. Yes, yes, yes. This is this is what I would say is my Darth Vader pen. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, I'm with you there. I like that. Plus, he would, uh, you know, every time he would get mad, he would just crush it in his hand, and the stormtrooper would die. Yeah, which is good because it's also it's not like super expensive, so he could just get another yeah. one. Like I mean, He's it's expensive, but it's not like the Monte Grappa pen. Oh. So. Well, I mean, it's not like the Empire is lacking for cash, so he's probably got dozens of them. Good point. Yeah, yeah, so that's good. I love it. I love it. All right, so I I definitely want to hit this one from uh, Josh Barrow on Twitter. Why doesn't Mike ever talk about Retro 51 pencils? I have a couple of them. Um, I have one of the Apple ones, and I think I have another one, just a regular one. They just don't excite me in the same way that the Tornado does. Um. A mechanical, and I've said this before, a mechanical pencil is much and much the same, um, no matter where you go, right? Because the pencil lead, at least to me, there's not as much variance as you would get in the way that a pen would write. And you can get like the harder and softer and stuff, but it, it it's for me anyway, with the way that I use this stuff, it's they're a lot closer to each other. So the actual brand of the you know, the, the, the brand of the pencil lead doesn't excite me so much, right? So the, the performance of the pencil itself doesn't vary and i just much prefer the look and feel of the rotarings because they're so close to each other the way that the retro 51 uh, pencils look like the hexamatic and the um the rotring mm-hmm. what's the name of the rotring it's just got out of my head the one you that said it, the he- 600 the yeah they got oh, the hexamatic oh, and the 600 oh, right? the rotring 600 yes they're so close to each other that it's kind of just like a choice of what branding you like the most and when it comes mm. down to mechanical pencils mechanical pencils are rotring 
yeah. right? Like they right. are the same, right? <laughs> Broaching 600s are mechanical pencils. And that's why the, I'm sure the Hexomatic looks so similar because mm-hmm. it's the iconic design. So for me, just I just will just go with the Rotring. You know, the the thing is, like the the Retro Fifty One stuff. I love the Tornadoes because the ink is amazing in them. Right, the mm-hmm. refills are amazing in them. But so many pens carry that refill now. But mm-hmm. I still keep coming back to the Tornado because their design is unpa- is unmatched. Nobody mm-hmm. even comes close to putting out special editions in pens like Retro Fifty One do. Right. There you go. So, yeah, I think the the answer in a nutshell is there are a lot better mechanical pencils than a Retro 51 mechanical mm-hmm. pencil, and there's not a lot of better rollerballs than a Retro 51 Tornado. I would say it's the best, obviously. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I, I agree with that completely. All right, Todd, former pen blogger, who's uh, who's asking this question because he's going through some changes. He wrote the, that one pen, and now he's changing um, his format, going to write about different things, about teaching and chemistry and, and some other things, along with pens that he's interested in. So he asked, if you didn't blog and podcast about pens, what would it be? And you can't pick baseball, which for me, that would be the simplest, obvious answer. I want to say music, but that wouldn't be because I've always had a problem with music reviewers and how they write <laughs> and they seem to be doomy. <laughs> you might have to cut that out. I, the music review business is really, really weird. I just could never get into that in a way where I felt comfortable. Um, and I don't listen to quite enough new stuff to, to do a podcast on it. So I think if I did something that wasn't baseball and wasn't music, it would be just kind of life related, like in either some type of life hacks, common sense work type of stuff, stuff that I like really believe in and try to like implement in, in my life, you know, um, like a, not a lot of like wasting time and, and idle time, what to do and, and things like that. So it'd be some kind of life hack type stuff, I think. Do do you you do so many different podcasts? Like all your all your boxes are checked right now. Is there something yeah. else besides wrestling? <laughs> no, this is the last the last bastion to fall. At this point, I've I've covered every single one of my interests. I don't I don't have anything else. <laughs> yeah, I'm all done now. I'm all tapped out. Yeah, <laughs> tapped out. Perfect. Nice. Is that gonna I be like the name that. of it? No, the ring post. <laughs> what is it? The ring post. Ring post. Nice. And it has the best artwork of all time. Oh, I haven't even seen this yet. Oh, it's so good. Go to ringpost.fm. Okay. <laughs> it's the best. Nice. It is the best. Oh, my God. I'm going to get some hacksaw Jim Duggan out on you. <laughs> all right. So from Storm, you know, I say I'm going to skip through some of these, but actually all these questions are good. So, <laughs> so yeah, I'm enjoying getting to You're not doing a good job them. of this random thing you were talking I, about. I, I, I want to answer these questions. They they took their time to to. Uh, pose these questions i would like to answer them um in retrospect and instead of cutting some out so storm asks have you ever worked out the dollar per use ratio for each of your pens which is the best and worst value from that perspective this is a really really good question i don't even want to think about the answer to this well it's i i do because it's basically it doesn't matter how much you spend necessarily it's like what pen have you gotten the most value out of I mean, the obvious answer is going to be one of the cheap disposable pens that I use so much. Like the Kurataki Zig Mangaka is a cheap pen that I use all the time. That would be 
the one. But if I got to like the expensive pen range, say like over a hundred dollars, um, what pen have I used the most that I've gotten the most value out of is probably Pilot Vanishing Point. Um, you know, I use that pen a lot. Um, it's probably, I've probably worked, you know, it's like the, uh, the fashion world, you know, the cost per wear, right? Is it worth it? So like the vanishing point was a pen that's totally been worth it for me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm really struggling with this one because I start thinking about it and the idea of some of the money that I've spent on pens that I don't really use. Yeah. So there was an answer, a uh, question in the, the pen addict members this weekend. Have you ever added up all your purchases? I'm like, hell no, don't do that. No, that's a <laughs> terrible idea. <laughs> that would be a terrible idea. <laughs> oh. All right, so Play Repeat, our good, speaking of, of music, uh, our good friends at Play Repeat want to know how many unwrapped notebooks should be in a dresser drawer before you feel embarrassment in your own company. Don't ever be embarrassed. Yeah, so don't ever be embarrassed, but if you can't shut the drawer, you might have a problem. <laughs> you need a new drawer. Yeah, just buy a bigger drawer at that point. But if you can't shut the drawer... um you might need to rethink your priorities. <laughs> and I say this as someone who has a field notes bin that's like the lids bowed on <laughs> because I can't shut it anymore, but I refuse to buy another one or move some out to so it can actually close. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, so I'm looking forward to going through a bunch of my stuff and working out some new storage solutions when we move. Yeah, yeah, I've got to do that too. That's that's because on my like, forever like list that never a happens. Big bin thing and a some shelves in a in a wardrobe and none of it's working right now like it's mm-hmm. all fit to burst yeah for sure so um cliff wants to know i know you're not a huge fan but sometimes a ballpoint is the only option what would you add to your lookout so this is kind of what prompted that other question well the the topic where we revisited the ballpoint gels and liquid pens because i've been using a lot of ballpoints recently and none of them have been jet streams because I've been using the pocketable stuff. I've been using two different things. The Lamy Pico, I'm using a lot. Lamy's ballpoint refills for a standard ballpoint, a non-hybrid ink uh, refill are really good. Probably like the best stock writing option. So those I enjoy. The Lamy Pico in any color, any style, shape, design. I love that pen. It's very cool. It's pocketable. It extends to full size. It's just a flat out good pen and it writes well. My second choice is, well, it's probably number two and number three because they both use Fisher Space Pen refills. I'm using a standard Fisher Space Pen in the brass. Um, I've never owned the traditional Fisher Space Pen, so I wanted to put this brass one through the paces. It's quite enjoyable. I'm actually going to pick the shown design aluminum barrel pen because ian just sent that to me after i didn't like the stainless because of the weight the aluminum one is perfect so i just got that i'm playing around with it it's going to be better than my fisher space pen in the end even though they use the same refills i like the feel out of it in my hand better i like the uh the cap posting better and the weight is spot on so besides those two pocketable pens at my desk i use the lamy 2000 ballpoint which is for people who want a nice ballpoint like as a gift i end up recommending that a lot because i mean the lamy 2000 the macaron barrel is just so cool it's so well made and it writes very well for a ballpoint so the lamy 2000 is another one i use so i'm actually uh, i'm not a ballpoint hater I, I love my ballpoint pens and um 
Aside from that, I use the Jetstream refills in the uh, TI2 tech liners. Um, since they uh, got modified to fit the Jetstream, I have one of those with a Jetstream loaded up. I don't use that one as much. I just tend to reach for one of the Lamy's or the, the Fisher Space Pen refills in either the uh, Shone or the, the Brass Bullet. Wow, you just give me a lot of stuff to put in the show notes there. Oh, sorry, mate. Uh, I don't. Um, I just don't enjoy ballpoints. Um, mm-hmm. If like if I was gonna go for a ballpoint now, uh, I'm still just gonna go on style because th- the refills they just never they never really do anything for me. Um, and I, I mean, and I've tried so many, and I just never really get that good feeling from them. Mm-hmm. Um, so these days, you know, I'm I'm always gonna go with a with a retro fifty one tornado, right? Because it's like the, a rollerball. But if I had to go for a ballpoint, I would probably pick up one of their new slim models. That's a good idea because I can still get some of the great design that I like. Uh, but yeah, I'm just you know I know that this is a, a drum that I've probably beaten to death at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just not a style of pen that I enjoy to use sure. anymore. Um, sure. I, I, the things that I love about pens doesn't come through with this stuff. Right. Yeah. And we're gonna. We're, I think let's talk about that next. So if you, this is from uh, Sebastian Morissette. He says if you you have acquired and tried many fountain pens in the past few years and gained so much experience and knowledge about pens and about your tastes. So now, what is your favorite fountain pen body material and why? Your favorite nib material and why? Your favorite filling system and why? Conclude modern, vintage, rarities, one-offs, anything you want to build. If you want to build the mic pen, what type of materials and what type of setup do you have? Um, I'm either going to go with aluminum or acrylic. Um, mm-hmm. I'm struggling a little bit between the two of those because mm-hmm. I think if you can, if you want a little bit of weight, I say aluminium. Um, mm-hmm. For me, all other metals can be too heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but acrylic plastic, if done well, you get some incredible styles right out of acrylic. Right. Um, so you know what? I'm probably going to go for acrylic because you can really do some just beautiful things with some of that stuff, right? Right. You look at the things that, like from Carolina Pen Company, from Edison, like the things that you can get out of that stuff are just whew, that's that's what makes the, the stuff that we love. Um, yeah. I'm gonna say gold nibs. Mm-hmm. Whenever I've used a gold nib, I've always been happy. Um, I think the the softness of it is much better for my style of writing. And uh, every every gold every pen that I really love has a gold nib. You know, like a, right. look at the Pelican, look at the Sailor. Uh, my Edison, you know, these are all gold nibs and they all provide an excellent writing experience for me. Um, and my favorite of all filling systems is uh, piston fillers mm-hmm. because I love the mechanism and I love not usually having to like take the pen apart to fill it. Right. Um, and it's uh, way easier to clean. Yeah. So yeah. That, that's mine. I'm going to go with acrylic plastic gold nib piston filler. Uh, are we playing Clue? We could do. <laughs> um, so the body style is pretty tough for me. I think it's ebonite. Um, I like the mm. lightness and the warmth that yeah, you get. I could see myself it. going there if I have if I had pens made out of that, right? Because yeah. it shares a lot of the idea of the acrylic because you can create beautiful things, but it's probably right. a superior material. Mm-hmm. You don't get necessarily. There's not the the brightness that you get 
Um, you, you can get some ebonites that are very, very bright, but like the acrylics, you can get the really wild, wild colors. Um, I still think I would prefer ebonite. Um, I like the shapes that manufacturers tend to make the ebonite pins in, which are the very simple cigar shaped stuff. It's not that you can't get an acrylic in that shape, but they tend to be ebonite. That's kind of my aesthetic. I would definitely pick a gold nib, um, but rhodium plated. And the thing is, I don't know the size I would pick. I think I would pick just a stock Japanese fine nib to make up my perfect pen. Yeah, I have no idea what size I would pick anymore yeah. because now I have a bunch of pens that are fine and medium um, mm-hmm. and they're both amazing for me. And then I have things like the music nibs. Like I don't know what nib I could pick anymore. It would yeah. totally depends on the manufacturer of the nib. Right, right. So I think if I had to pick one nib, I would get a stock pilot fine nib, I believe. Gold. Um 14k nib and then for filling system piston fillers pretty much there but i think i'm gonna go eyedropper um you can get i like seeing that ink sloshing around if you happen to have a, a clear window in a pen which you don't get a lot in ebonite unless you have the window specially made um but still just the ease of use the capacity i never thought i'd be an eyedropper person but they're super easy um even though you do have to have the extra bit of the silicone grease to seal up the uh, the threads just so there's no leaking it's just nice and also the terra and <laughs> the terra but piston filler i mean it's hard to it's hard to beat a piston filler um so I'm going to go with Colonel Mustard in the study with the candlestick. Bravo. All right. So, yeah, so that was that was kind of the, if we were creating our own fountain pens, what would we, what would we do? I would love to do that one day, by the way. Yeah, one of these days. Like, I, I would really just I mean, I've got some pens it. that are pretty close. I mean, my, my Nakaya, I mean... That's pretty much hard to beat. And I, mean, I say, like, I mean, I've own... I've picked pens that I like, right? Like I've I've I I own pens like this. I just mean like actually make yeah. one for people, not for just for me. Gotcha, gotcha, you know? gotcha, gotcha. Ooh, look at you, fancy. It would be nice, right? Like to work with someone to pick out all the materials and 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 make and actually make a pen, the Mike Hurley signature pen. <laughs> you know, nice. and I can adorn it with skulls and snakes like Stallone. <laughs> Call it the Trump. <laughs> Call it the huge, the huge pen. All right, Evelyn wants wants a Hobonichi update for quarter three. Are you still using using it? If so, what for? What's working? What isn't? I'm gonna I'm bet no. Yeah, total yeah. fail. I one of the best products in the world. I swear, this is just an elite, elite product. It's amazing every which way. I don't do dates. I that's the hang up. It's. That the page has a date on it. So I just need to stick with my blank notebooks, be happy with it, instead of trying to force the Hobonichi. It's so damn cool. I mean, I I won't guarantee you that I won't buy one for next year. I just I it's an amazing, amazing product. It's it's not sticky for me. It's just not. And it's the dates. I I, I have a, a brain lock on dates on the page. It does not work for me. So let me tell you something that mm-hmm. I've been using. Uh, the Crossfield? Yeah. My gosh. Yeah. See, that's that's that would be the way to go, right? The now, paper, but without how the How did I end up with one of these? It was given to I me by you in Atlanta. Did you get it for me? Yeah. 
Yeah, I couldn't remember if you got it for me or if somebody sent it to you for me. Oh, so, gotcha. No, that one I got for you. Thank you. I've been using it just to do some general note-taking and to play around with. Mm. I know I'm so late to the party, but my God, yeah. tomorrow the paper. <laughs> it's <laughs> so special. And that that the Crossfield notebook as a whole, it's just so well put together yep. for that paper. It's Flat wonderful. out. It's like writing on tracing paper, right? Like mm-hmm. the bleed through mm-hmm. is, it's intense, yeah. but it is such a joy to, to write on an mm-hmm. absolute joy. Yep. But the, the yep. paper's so thin. I'm looking for it now. I'm taking some notes for for a show and I've completely missed out two pages because the paper's so thin. <laughs> you, <laughs> you think you're turning one page, but nope. <laughs> That's funny. That would, that would drive me insane. Yeah, I'm very upset about this right now. <laughs> yeah, what are you gonna do now? I can't like, do anything. I know, I know. Oh, that's a mess. Ooh, that gives me the heebie-jeebies. I just made a note that says turnover. <laughs> yeah. So let, let's get to Tammy's question. This is a this is a really good question um, that I want to be sure to touch on. So uh, I'm just gonna read what she wrote here. She says, "I had that overwhelmed feeling a couple of days ago. That realization I have more ink than I need for my lifetime. Not to mention pens and paper. But somehow, never having finished a bottle of ink and now having so so many, I felt like I was facing my mortality, as well as this past <laughs> year's <laughs> overspending and hoarding. And ink seems harder to unload than pens. The fragility of shipping, finding people who don't have it yet." Do you have any favorite ways of releasing the too much of this hobby, both in the selling as well as the emotional release? I recently sold a Kaveco pen on eBay and found that tough to do. So everyone listening, or most people listening, have gone through this, right, Mike? I mean, you've gone through this. I've gone through this. You hit a point where you're still kind of new. You're still kind of figuring out what you like, and you're in this like crazy acquisition phase. And then the next thing you you look up and you go holy cow what have i done look at all these pens look at all this ink look at all this paper i'll never use all this in in my lifetime or the next lifetime and what do i do now and i didn't come to this realization until probably in the past year that I'm okay not having everything. I mean, that sounds really weird to say, like, but I felt like I had to have everything before. Like, I'm in this community. We're talking about this pen. I should get this limited edition, or I should get this new color, or I should get this ink that was released, um, or I should buy more of those field notes. And I finally came into the realization that I've got some things that I'm really, really happy with, and I'm going to continue using those things that make me the happiest. And if I find something that can kind of trump those things, kind of beat those things. Like if I think it's going to be, you know, a pen that I'll really enjoy more than a certain group of pens that I have or an ink that's going to just be a really high usage ink for me that's come out and that's really different from what I have, then I'll buy it. I have, I've gotten over the feeling of having of this acquisition syndrome and this fear of missing out stuff. Like I'm okay not having, not buying everything anymore. Um, but we all discover it the same way Tammy did, right? That totally happened to me. Yep. And it's happened to a million other people as well. Um, it took me forever to sell some of my pens, even if I wasn't using them. Um, and I'm actually going to work on that today. I have a few more I need to sell. I'm going to go through that today. I, 
I can't just, imagine doing the selling stuff. Um, yeah. I give stuff away. I've not sold anything. Luckily, I don't really feel the desire to sell. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't have a ton of really expensive stuff. Like, I have mm-hmm. more than I should, but I don't have so much that I feel like it's like a, a hole, right? Right. Um, and I've tried to be cautious with stuff like ink. I have like five bottles of ink because I mm-hmm. know that I'm not going to use it enough, right? So, like, I know that I just knew that I would end up in the Tammy situation of, like, more bottles of ink than I could ever use, which is why, like, I found a couple that I liked and used those. Then I found a couple that I thought were interesting and bought those, and I'm kind of stopping there. But if I look at my paper products, my word, I have way too many. Like, you know, yeah. there, there's a lot of stuff that I have way too much of, so I can totally sympathize with that. And I have a, I have a, maybe a potential idea for Tammy to deal with her ink situation, mm-hmm. and I don't know if she's done this, but, like, I... I guess you could maybe like buy one of those folded nibs and then just use it all up, drawing yeah. crazy stuff. That's a great idea. You know, like because you use a ton it. of ink on that, just have fun with it. Like just play around with it. You, you can't sell it. Don't pour it away, but basically just pour it onto some pages. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, that's a great do. idea. I love that idea. You know, and I was going to say about selling ink, um, it, it, it is hard to sell ink. What I would do if you could do it as I would sell them in, in a group in a lot, either like three to five bottles, um, just get rid of a bulk and one fell swoop. Hopefully someone will buy them all. It's hard to break down that stuff. The cost is worth like it. A the shipping, shipping, the right? shipping fees aren't worth it. But if you sold five bottles as a group, um, you know, you might lose your butt on it, but they're gone and it feels better that they're gone. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and that would be at least one recommendation and the pens, they will come to, uh, the the cream will rise to the top eventually, and then you'll find yourself. Oh, I haven't inked this pen in a year, and that's a pretty good sign that you could let that pen go and not miss it. So, you know, we we've all gone through this. Um, you know these stages, and um, you know when you get to the point where you don't have to have every all the hot new stuff, um, then you kind of get this calming effect, and you're you're able to start releasing some of the stuff you did buy that you're not using in the past. So. All right, our good friend June Thomas wants to know how the King of Pen is holding up. Um, so I bought the Sailor King of Pen Pro Gear Sky at the Atlanta Pen Show. She wants to know, has it found your way into your regular rotations and lived up to your expectations? So it's holding up wonderfully. It's one of two pens I always have inked, which is my Pilot 823 and the Sailor King of Pens. Those are always inked. Um, and the third one would probably be my Nakaya Portable. Um, I love the shape, feel, the nib the style like everything about this pen screams brad i don't think i could recommend this one to many people because i think it's not worth the money if that makes sense um you know i love it it's amazing it seems more like uh it doesn't seem like an 800 hundred dollar pen if you will it feels more i don't know how to put it out there it feels more like a 500 pin i don't know five or six hundred dollar pin but which I'm one do you have it's the big blue one it's called the pro gear sky king of pins i think it's called sky but it's amazing feeling it's wonderful to write with the nib is fantastic um you know and i don't regret it for one second i am glad i own this pen i don't know that i would tell a lot of people to go out and buy this pen i would spend money i would recommend spending money on other things 
you know, this is a this is a me pin for sure that I necessarily wouldn't necessarily recommend to others. Does that make sense? Yeah, I would never buy. I, my sailor is my basically my first or second favorite pen. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting me anywhere near the eight hundred <laughs> eight hundred dollar monstrosity that you earn. But <laughs> I totally get what you're saying that that pen is for you. Right, one hundred percent. I get it. Yeah, because like I have it fits. zero regrets. I love it. It's amazing for me. <laughs> you know, that's that's kind of where it ends. Like I'm going to review it, and the review is going to be glowing for how I write, how I enjoy pens, what I'm looking for in a pen, everything I like. It's going to be glowing, but at the end, I'm going to say it's too expensive for me to recommend anyone else to buy. I would rather. Buy, you could buy a, a Nakaya for that price. It is that is an incredible. Every time, every time you tell me the price, uh, I <laughs> always could, forget. <laughs> yeah, you could come close to. You could buy one of the Arushi Ebonite King of Pens. I just didn't like that style. I like this style. This is this is me. Uh, so yeah. So yeah, but uh, I'm enjoying. It. I use it all the time. I took it to. Uh, uh, I took it to uh, our our pen meetups. I always like to let people uh, let people use it, show it around, let them. Uh, touch the king and uh they always enjoy it and they go wow it's too big <laughs> which it's you could a really large somebody pen. with it you know you totally could it's huge it's it's like a it's like a novelty pen right <laughs> because everything's bigger you know everything's so it's kind of strange it's like it's like a prop in a movie you know it's it is but it's a it's special in that it's way, so it's so nice to write with oh I'm I'm using it today. I brought it in to use uh, for the show notes today, um, for my notes. So I'm using it today. So and I'm using a regular size per year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, let's wrap it up on that question there, which I think was awesome, and all these questions were awesome. And I think mm-hmm. you know I probably missed a few out there. I need to start uh, collecting the ask TPAs better because we like doing this. We want to make sure we talk about. You know, not just like whatever topics have crossed our desk in the past week. You know, we definitely want to hear the listener feedback and, you know, the things you want us to hear talk uh, us talk about, even if it's only like personal to you. Like if you have a very specific question, we're happy to answer um, because that ends up helping others uh, along the way as well. So what's the best way, Brad? Twitter? I think Twitter, um, our Ask TPA hashtag. Use the hashtag. You need to hashtag. Ask TPA is the hashtag. So that goes right into a document for Mike and I to see. We grab the questions out of there. Um, The Slack room's also great. The podcast channel. I usually, every week, I'll post uh, um, a note saying, okay, I'm ready for your questions. What do you got? How about you set up a special Ask TPA channel in the Slack that just has the questions? Mm -hmm. Well... Let's just leave it in the podcast channel. All right. Too many. King of, King too of many. Slack over here. King <laughs> of Slack. Oh, my God. You're going to get me in trouble, aren't you? Uh-huh. I probably am. That <laughs> I can only ever pop in for moments to the Pen Attic Slack. It is crazy in there. It's good stuff. Good people in there. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's, uh, let's take this one to the house. If you want to find our show notes for this week, go to relay.fm slash penaddict slash 213. I did just realize King of Slack. I did not mean that as a joke. 
Right? <laughs> it wasn't it wasn't a King of Pen joke, but it worked real well. Mm. Uh, if thanks so much to Harry's for sponsoring this week's episode. As the, I mentioned, the show notes we have tons of show notes. I've put every pen mentioned wow. in that uh, top five. So like, there's like fifteen there or so, and yeah. a bunch of stuff that me and Brad have mentioned this week. So the show notes are massive this week. There's thirty five links Whoa. in the show notes for you to go and peruse. Your I don't know how content. you do that while we're talking. It is a skill built up over many years. Yeah. Professional podcasters. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, if you want to find Brad online, go to penaddict.com, knock.co. There's some exciting knock.co stuff happening right now. Yeah, I'm going to, you know, this doesn't matter to our, our later on podcast listeners, but our live listeners, I'm going to Periscope after and I might uh, tease a little knock action. I'll see. Now I'm going to have to watch the Periscope. Mm-hmm. Um, Will that be available? Will people be able to find it, maybe? Yes, yeah. Now Periscope saves their videos, so they should be able to find it. There you go. So I'll put a, a link to your Periscope in the, uh, in the in the show notes so people can Perfect. go and see what's saved. Um, if you want to find Brad on Twitter, he is at Penaddict. Oh, you're at Dowdyism. There you go. D-O-W-D-Y-I-S-M. The same as, uh, the same as on Periscope, right? Right. The Dowdyism on Periscope as well, because it's yes. linked into your Twitter. Uh, you're Penaddict on Instagram. And uh, I am at iMike, I-M-Y-K-E. Thank you so much for listening to this show, as always, and we'll be back next time. Until then, say goodbye, Brad. Goodbye, Brad.